Hi, and welcome to the RCH Kids Health Info podcast, the podcast for parents about common child health concerns. I'm Dr. Margit Anshin, paediatrician, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Dr. Anthea Rose. Hi, Margie. Today we are chatting about sports injuries in kids and it's certainly something that we know parents are finding very challenging right now. Yeah, we've got great guests today. I'm really looking forward to this chat, Margie. From the Royal Children's Hospital Melbourne, this is the Kids Health Info Podcast. Now, Anth, over the last two years, we know that kids have been doing a lot less sport, a lot less organised sport and really this year kids have come back to their sport uh, with a vengeance. And look, that has been fantastic. Lockdowns have ended and we know all the benefits that are there for kids getting involved in organised and community sport. But of course, we've also seen an uptick in injuries. And while we were kept, many of us, busy with bike rides or walks during COVID, we weren't necessarily, and our kids weren't necessarily doing the sorts of things that makes them match fit, if you like, for sport. That's right. And there hasn't really been a lead time or a a period where parents can get their kids back into sport slowly. It's kind of come back with a bang. And, you know, certainly in our household, um, you know, my girls who all play netball, we have had multiple injuries, mostly sort of ankle sprains and things. And, you know, certainly friends are telling me their kids um, are getting injured in, in footy. Those sort of minor, relatively common accidents and injuries that relate to sport, but they can be tricky. Hard to know whether you need to go to emergency, what to do next. So great to have our guests here today to talk about that. Absolutely. So we are very fortunate. We have two fantastic guests. We have Dr Peter Barnett, who's an ED doctor at RCH with an interest in sports medicine for kids, and Greg Cull, who's a physio at RCH who sees lots of kids with sports injuries. So welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having me. Peter... What are you actually seeing? Are you seeing more sports injuries this year, you know, coming into the emergency department? Yeah, we certainly are. The, you know, the weekend has become incredibly busy again uh, with kids with concussion or fractures or ankle injuries from kids that really haven't prepared properly for the, for the season. And Greg, what are you seeing mostly? Yeah, quite similar things to Peter. So fractures, ankle sprains, knee dislocations, um, they're the types of things that we're seeing as well. Are there particular sports that you think are are most responsible for these sorts of injuries at the moment? Um, No, I don't think so. I think there's so many sports out there now, Um, martial arts, um, footy, tennis, you know, whatever else is around. So we're seeing injuries from all all sorts of sports. I think it's just depending on how many kids are playing that particular sport, we see more injuries through. And you think, Peter, that the fact that we had our kids in lockdown and they weren't perhaps participating in sport has set them up to be more likely to be injured? Yeah, I do think so. I, th- I think it's like anything when we we see a lot of injuries that, that generally occur around January, February because kids have been off sport for a, a good sort of six weeks over the summer period. Uh, we've seen them off sport for 18 months um, so we're seeing certainly more of that, those sort of injuries. What about overuse injuries? So that's a little bit different to those acute injuries. When kids have got back into things, you know, and are doing a lot of it all of a sudden, some of the children I've seen sort of through my clinic and again through friends and family have started to have pains that are a bit mysterious. There's not really a clear accident or injury that's happened. And perhaps that might be an injury as well. Yeah, I think uh, parents put a lot of um, weight on what's called growing pains. They, you know, everything is put down to growing pains. Uh, it's a good way of ignoring it from the parents' point of view. I think 
Um, but, uh, you know, if kids are getting significant amount of pain and it's causing them to have, you know, difficulty with their sport or their daily activities, then that's something that should be um, reviewed and seen by someone. So I might just ask you to talk a bit more about growing pains there because we do hear it talked about a lot. Is it such a thing? Is it is it real? Um, I think kids, uh, certainly we see stuff that's related to their growth. So conditions such as um, Osgood Schlatter's or Severs or those sort of things, which is related to the fact that the kids are growing and getting a bit stiffer. Um, and we see those, but I think the general sort of, um, you know, leg pain, back pain, all that sort of stuff is usually not related to, to their growth and is related to um, their ability, their flexibility, et cetera, and other things. So Peter, those are both very common. Maybe just talk a minute. What is Osgood Schlatter's? It's basically pain below the um, the kneecap at the top part of the tibia. Um, it's related to activity. It's related to the fact that that's where your growth plate is and the tendon that inserts into that area is pulling when you're doing activities. Um, so you're basically getting um, pulling of the bone at that, at that insertion site. Um, and that causes pain and mm. kids will get difficulty and they'll have pain that may be that occurs after they finish sport rather than during it. Uh, it might last from a you know, a few minutes to several hours, um, and it can cause uh, significant issues. Um, the, I think the issue for that is it, it does get better, it will go away as the kids get older, um, but it's managing them and trying to keep them active, I think, is important. Mm. And, Greg, what about severs? Yeah, similar thing at the ankle. So as kids are growing, um, inflammation of your Achilles tendon um, related to growth. Particularly, we see these conditions in kids who are highly active, so that are doing lots of sport. So sometimes our management might be around activity modification, lots of stretching. We usually don't limit what activities they can do. Um, what we often find is the children will self-limit. Um, so if something's giving them significant pain, they may need to look at doing something different, a swim or a cycle or mm. um, something, I suppose, less weight-bearing. Yeah, we've definitely had servers in our household as well in relation to dance as well, which is another sort of physical activity that's in there, no type of sport that can cause these sorts of injuries. Yeah. I think there's been a lot of um, emphasis on in some things when kids get pain of this sort of nature is just stop playing sport for a period of time um, and then start again in a month. And mm. again, it's not all that helpful. So it's really um, what I tend to tell them is bringing them back to a period where they, it's not particularly painful for them and then building up that activity so they get back into their sport rather than stopping things completely. I think that's great advice, Peter, because often what we do find is kids will stop for a while and then I guess when they restart, they're just going to have that same problem back. Absolutely. Peter, I wanted to ask you if you see a difference between younger kids versus older kids in the types of injuries they get. Yeah, so the younger kids tend to break things more easily. Um, most of them are fairly mi are minor breaks, but certainly um, you know, if you've got a, a six or seven-year-old that's playing and falls over and hurts their wrist, they're more likely to have broken something. Um, whereas the older kids are much more likely, particularly because they're in a, um, jumping and landing sports, basketball, footy, et cetera, that uh, ankle injuries and you know, 90% of the, the injuries we see in ankles are sprains. And it's just a matter of making sure that they get good rehab afterwards, I think is important. Um, a lot of times we see kids that have had recurrent injuries, they've had it done multiple times and they really haven't um, done their physiotherapy and rehab um, to get them um, match fit. One of the things that we 
see sometimes as well is that some kids seem to be more prone to injuries than others. So you might hear of, you know, a child that seems to have dodgy ankles or, you know, they've got problems with their knees. What's happening there when children seem to have not so much overuse, but just the same type of injury cropping up again and again? Again, Greg might be able to comment on this as well, but I think it's more about getting the strength process, their ability to jump and land appropriately. Um, All those things are are helping us get better. And the problem is that if you've got, you know, a dodgy ankle, if you like, uh, when you're landing on it, you've got no strength and you've got no proprioception, so you can't feel where your ankle is. So it's really retraining those nerves and muscles to work properly. Yeah, and there's certainly some predisposition to particular types of injuries. So people who dislocate their kneecaps will often do it again, particularly more common in girls, people who are hypermobile. They might have some anatomical um, differences, shallow grooves where the kneecap sits. Um, So multiple things that can predispose them to these types of injuries. And then with both knees and ankles, um, once someone's done it once, the, the likelihood of a recurrence is higher. So it's important that people are, I suppose, seeking the appropriate medical or, and or physio advice and recovering appropriately before they're going back to their sports. I guess that gets us on a little bit to management and prevention. COVID has kind of left people a little bit like they've forgotten what to do, I think, when when something happens. So at the moment, I've had, even in the last two weeks, a number of family members contact me about pretty minor injuries that they really could have dealt with through the GP and they've been, you know, in the car ready to come to the emergency department because they're just not sure what to do. So it might be helpful for parents to have a little bit of a think again about what's that first aid, what are the basic steps, when do they really need to come to emergency? Again, difficult problem because it's a question of what what we're talking about. But I suppose, you know, the common things, injuries and, and arm injuries are probably the two things that we see the most. Um, certainly from, a, you know, if we talk about arm injuries, if they've got point tenderness over one particular area, as opposed to that, my arm feels just generally sore, um, that's more likely going to be a fracture than in something else. Again, a lot of these injuries don't necessarily need to be diagnosed on the night. Um, that, that it happens, you know, a couple of days down the track, parents always feel, oh, I left it for three days, you know, I'm a bad parent, um, you know, I should have done something about it earlier. Um, not necessarily, you know, it, it wouldn't have made any difference to the process of healing. Um, you know, the patients will get better if they've got bad injuries. You can see that, you know, it looks swollen and it looks, you know, out of place. Ankle injuries, unless they're out of place, uh, they'll they'll heal up. It's just a matter of time. So, seeing their GP or their physio um, acutely. There are physio practices that will see patients acutely as well. Yeah. And so, Greg, what do you do in those settings where someone comes with an acute injury? What sort of assessment will they have? Yeah, so particularly, I suppose, the things we would get sent up from emergency, something like an ankle sprain. It might be something as simple as swelling management, um, prescribing a gait aid, whether that might be crutches, um, some gentle range of movement, I suppose that rest and recovery um, physio involvement initially. Uh, And then once the kids, I suppose, are a little bit more comfortable um, walking around pain-free, then we'd progress to more strengthening proprioceptive or balance-type exercises, I suppose, aiding their recovery and their return to sport. So from a parent's point of view, initially, as the injuries happen, the initial response is the first aid on the field. You know, I always think of rice 
um, rest, yep. ice, compression, elevation. We're all familiar with someone rushing in with the ice and strapping the ankle or, you know, elevating it and so on. So, Greg, how long after that acute um, injury would you start the physio? Yeah, well, I suppose we would start it immediately with those um, principles. So um, reducing your swelling, getting some gentle range of movement. And then it depends on the severity of the injury as to when we'd be progressing. So we see some angles that are going to take weeks before the child's um, weight-bearing comfortably, whereas others might be walking on it quite quickly. So seeking, I suppose, an appropriate assessment and getting that guidance. And that sort of gets us to that question of, you know, when are they ready to get back? We've talked about fractures, maybe more common in younger kids, but ruling out anything that requires further, you know, intervention of some sort. There's the initial physio. How does the journey look getting back to normal sport? Yes, I suppose we would get a a review um, after that initial appointment, making sure that the swelling is down, that the kids are walking comfortably, um, doing some assessments on balance um, and strength and making sure those things are, I suppose, trending back towards normal before we're getting back into any sport-specific activity. And then I think there should be a graded approach to return to um, sport after that time. So some time um, doing some sport-specific training or just training with the group prior to um, playing matches. And that's going to be pretty hard, isn't it? Because kids, they just want to get back out there. And unless you're playing with the team and you're playing the match or the game, they really don't feel like they're quite participating in the same way. So I'm sure there are parents listening and I think about my own kids. It's tricky to navigate that. Yeah, some other strategies I think that some people use might be um, running the water or being a runner for the team. Um, so having some a graded approach where they can still feel involved um, and participate. And Greg, what about, is there a role for um, strength or balance training? So after the initial physio, do you recommend sometimes programs for kids where they build up their strength? Yeah, certainly for our ankles there, particularly for soccer, there's a um, program called a FIFA 11, which has some um, sports in prevention um, strategies within that as well but definitely for an ankle sprain um, some work on that balance is a, a really good way of preventing recurrence. Yeah well you mentioned before Peter that situation where perhaps the balance isn't back that sense of awareness in space and strength is not there and that's going to set a, a child or young person up for another injury. Yeah absolutely and I think you know that the other thing about getting them back is is you know giving them you know half, half a game or a quarter of a game Good to have those important exercises and drills to recondition and build strength, but how do you get kids to actually do that? Because let's be honest, it's pretty boring, Greg. Yeah, definitely. Exercises can be boring at times, and I know sort of myself in terms of recovery, not always doing the right things. Guilty here too, yeah. Um, So I suppose it's finding something um, that's meaningful for the child, so making sure we've set a goal, um, looking at something that's specific to their sport or that they enjoy doing that can still be working on the things that we need them to be working on. Peter, how do you motivate kids to do their physio? Yeah, again, I think it's it's trying to say what's what do you need to get to? Where's your goal for for, for this? And so it's like you know, grand final in five weeks. Um, if you do your physio and you do your exercises, you will get to that point. Um, sometimes it's a matter of you know, they've got nationals in two weeks' time, and you're like, sorry, not going to get there. Um, what's what's next? You know, where's the next thing? And then you say, well, okay, let's concentrate on that process and try and get them to do it. It it is difficult. Physiotherapy is, you know, the exercises are hard, but I think as Greg was saying, trying to get them, 
involved in something that's a little bit more sport specific for their for their physiotherapy is is useful. And also even just owning the fact that it's boring. Like it's okay to say, you know what, this is a bit boring and it's painful, but this is the way you're going to get back. So let's have a chat now about how we might be able to help parents think about preventing these sorts of injuries. Peter, we were chatting about this. Uh, You were saying often it's good for kids to just be careful about the load that they're putting on themselves, focus on one or two sports. We know that sometimes there are kids who are really super overcommitted. What's your approach to sort of prevention? Yeah, I I think there there are a couple of groups of kids. There's the kids that don't play much sport at all and Really, their sport is their, only, is their activity at school and trying to get them more involved in it, I think, is, is important. But with the other end of the spectrum is that, you know, my kid, I remember him coming to me when he was about 11 saying, I can play soccer, Dad. I was like, okay, when? Um, he said, oh, soccer's on Friday and they play on Sunday. I said, yeah, but you've got something on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday and Saturday. He said, you're not fitting in those two days as well. Okay. Sounds like a familiar story in my household as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, I think it's important that kids have those kids that are really, you know, overactive, if you like, um, one or two days of, of no sport. And it really, uh, you know, that's the time when they say, you know, bring out your iPad and relax and don't do any sport. Again, a lot of times, you know, they say, well, we don't have any organised sport, but what does he do for the evening? Well, he's out there playing, you know, basketball with his mate for two hours or he's yeah. on the trampoline for three hours or whatever. So it's, you know, really giving your body a break. And I think that's important for those kids at, the, at that end of the spectrum. And, and as you were saying, or we were discussing earlier, you know, we haven't necessarily had the opportunity to build up fitness and get back into yeah. sport gradually. It's kind of come on with a bang. Um, but obviously we do want kids to sort of really focus on their general fitness as well rather than just, you know, full-on match time. Yeah, and I think the other thing is that cross that cross-training is really useful as well. So kids that are playing basketball or footy, you know, they're playing two different types of sports. So they're, they're better, you know, if you've got the kid that's like, oh, I'm going to be an AFL footy and all I want to do is play footy and I, I train for, you know, seven days a week, they don't get that cross training, um, which is really builds them up and allows them to do other stuff. So I think that's, that's really important. So having that mixture of different types of physical activity is going to yeah. spread the load in terms of what your body's exposed to and perhaps build up a more general picture of, of fitness. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly as we were talking about over the summer when people are, have big breaks from their activities, the sports tends to stop and then we get back into particularly you know, representative teams that often happen, basketball and cricket around that end of January time where kids have been inactive and then they're very active again. So um, yeah, making sure we're keeping physically active from a, from a general sense. And that's good advice for all of us, isn't it? Like when we go from doing absolutely nothing to suddenly deciding, right, this month I'm going to get fit and then by day four we're injured. Not that that would have happened to me, of course. I think parents and even coaches think that children don't get injured um, and that, that, you know, they don't need that process. You know, they're a fit group of their fit group anyway. Um, not true. I mean, they really need to have that that sport-specific fitness before they start playing. So with all these accidents and injuries, then are you suggesting we should just stop playing sport, Peter? Sit, sit in our bedroom with the iPad. Is that the advice for the kids? No, no, definitely not. Um, sport and activity is essential and uh, certainly from children's point of view, even all the way up to in your 90s, it's getting something that's good that you want to do. And I think that's important for children is they need to do a sport that they love and they like. Don't put them in a sport because you want them to do it. 
put them in a sport that they actually want to do. And as you said, it's not just about physical benefits, is it? It's about all the mental health benefits and connectedness to community and all of those other things as well. So many times um, over this last two years, it's been he's injured, he can't play sport, it's really affecting his mental health. How can Mm. we get him back to doing something or, or her? It's getting them back into that process of getting better so that they can actually get into their sport and play because you know they want they want to those kids just want to and i think that speaks to the fact that sport is so much more than just physical activity it's about Mm. being with your friends with your mates it's about laughing having a good time and you know as you said with regards to mental health it's just so good for their mood um, to keep them positive and active and happy yeah absolutely thanks so much greg and peter for being here today thank you very much you're welcome thank you When it comes to sport, one of the most common injuries is in fact concussion or head injury and we've done a great episode on this before on the podcast so anyone interested in that, have a listen. And a reminder that the Head Check app is a fabulous resource for all coaches and parents. We've also talked about dental injuries in the past on another podcast so we'll pop those in our show notes for you. And if you've got kids involved in sport, one great thing you can do is actually skill up on your own first aid. Most clubs or community sport organisations will be able to point you in the direction of a good course. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and even better, leave us a review. And thanks for listening. Information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended to support, not replace, discussions with your doctor or healthcare professional. If you are concerned about your child, please consult your local healthcare professional for further advice.